Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Last time on Dungeon Drunks, after retreating to their house on the pocket plane of existence, our heroes are woken up to a fight on their doorstep. The surviving kobold from the fight tells him about a massive battle outside the teleportation circle that leads to their home as zombies, kobolds, and drow all converge in an epic multi-part war. Heading out to try to team up with the kobolds leads to suspicion, and the party is only moments away from being turned on by those that they would ally with. Little do our humanoid heroes know that the trip from the house to the dungeon including included a detour for their animal companions. Bucks, Shadow, and Coco Snoot were yanked from the teleportation stream and imprisoned thanks to help from some new friends as well as other animal allies of Travancore's home of Praconum, they managed to escape. They returned just moments after they had left, right in the middle of the tense moment before the kobolds attack and carrying dire news of a threat to Travancore from a new foe. And that is where we begin tonight. Whew. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM Lauren, also known as Oboe Crazy. And it is a new year, and I got paid from all of my gigs from Christmas, so I have all of the Nutcracker money, so I bought Pyramid Apricot Ale, because Pyramid makes me happy. And I, I deserve a beer, especially after that giant recap. Bernie. What are you drinking? Um, you caught me trying to take a photo of my beer. Uh, I uh, <laughs> perfect. Um, I have another local brew from Ottawa Valley. It's Whitewater Brewing Company's Farmer's Daughter, and it's super pretty and bright and fun and yellow. And it's and a big. blonde ale, and I'm about to try it for the first time. I'll tell you if it's any good. Ah. Uh... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> quite nice that instant is yes instant yes nice. and now i'm gonna go back to taking a fun picture of my beard to put on you, my you, instagram you page. Go, there you go you go back to taking fun pictures for our instagram and what would that instagram be uh dungeon underscore drunks I love it. Yeah, you should definitely go check it out so you can see all those wonderful pictures that include some awesome pictures of, say, Jonathan the Medgy Muscular doing workouts. Jonathan, what are you drinking? Hey, this is Jonathan. I play Jonathan the Medgy Muscular, and tonight uh, I'm out of town, so I will not sound quite as nice as normal. However, I did manage to scare myself up uh, some diet ginger ale and vodka, and I call this a diet redhead. <laughs> I like it. Nice. Uh, I don't have a shot of Fireball because, uh, so we're getting a freeze tomorrow, and the grocery store was insane, and so the shopping center around the liquor store was insane, so I forgot to get uh, Fireball. But I love you all, so this shot of Fireball is for everyone, uh, aka Cop Out. No! (laughs) It's for the people! It's the people's Fireball, yes. (laughs) Someone else is taking pictures of of their drinks. I see Travancore over there taking some Instagram photos. What are you drinking? 
Hello, good people of Faerun. I kind of went back and backslid a little bit there. The Vice Royce choice this evening is Essence Riesling. Um, I just bought a ton of wine for uh, for New Year's. Not sure what my wife and I wanted for our for our night in. Uh, so we ended up not going for this one right off the bat. But I drank it, and it's, uh, it's dry, but it has a little bit of a fruit taste to it, and I'm rather enjoying it. And that's all that really matters, is that you are rather enjoying it. I really like Riesling. Me too. Yeah, it's some good stuff. Last, but certainly not least, and also someone who takes some great pictures for our Instagram, Carlton, what are you enjoying? Like Jonathan, I sound a little different today, but not because I'm not home, but because despite getting the flu shot, I still got the flu. And oh, so I yeah. got diagnosed two day, three days ago. Mm. Actually, I learned a thing today. You might have a less shitty version of the flu because you got the flu shot. That's what, and I'm actually recovering a lot quicker than my uh, girlfriend. That's good. That is super uh, good. But because I have the flu, I'm drinking green, hot green tea with honey out of Ooh. my Gremlins Tiki mug. God, that's a good one. <laughs> oh my god, that is amazing. Nice. You can find this picture on our Instagram at some point in the future. Yeah. And hey, even if you weren't sick, hot green tea with honey sounds really, really good. And I love that you have to like cup that like an idol with two hands. <laughs> it also keeps my hands warm. Oh, I know. Isn't it the best? Although, look at the opening. It's really awkward to drink out of. Yeah, that's true. What, what do you got to grab an ear or something? Uh, I usually just go for the forehead. Yeah, for the forehead. All right. Speaking of for the forehead, not really. Hey, you guys as I said in my extensive recap, have, have just landed in the middle of what seems to be the Battle of Three Armies. And Jonathan has saved a bunch of kobolds from a bunch of zombies, but has not necessarily convinced the kobolds around you that uh, you guys are here to help. Bernie has shouted out, Hail Tiamat! And you see everybody kind of in the room pause and give you cocked-headed looks of confusion. So there is a moment. Would somebody like to do something? Uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular, having failed his performance check, failed his persuasion check, is hoping for a little goddamn luck tonight, and says, Kobolds, look upon your comrades and see that they are unburnt. And the, the, the blast is instantaneous, so I feel like it sh they, should be, they should be good. They should be able to, to see their comrades now. Well, I'll say this. Since they've all turned to you in that moment of, of heated surprise, go ahead and roll a persuasion check to get them to you turn their backs it. to you and see if they'll look. Okay. Fuck yeah. Yes! Fuck yeah. Yes, please, please, please. That's gotta be enough. What did you roll? My persuasion is going to be... Yeah, plus three, so 22. Okay. There is another moment of pause, and then the one cobalt in the leathers that had shot off the fireball initially when you guys arrived, who seems to be the sorcerer of the group, actually looks over his shoulder and sees the two out there, that yes, obviously you had sculpted around them, so they remain unburnt. They look a little shaken, but they are still back-to-back, -back, one facing the zombie horde, one facing the drows. He sees this and turns back to you, and then looks to the kobold that you guys came with, 
And in Draconic says, Who are these? And the kobold that's with him said, mm, I, I don't know, but I was in their house and now they want to help? And there's a general murmur of the kobolds in the room as they all kind of look at each other and shift. And then from outside the room where this big scrum is happening, you hear as uh, several more of the zombies run up and start to attack these kobolds that are in the middle of the room. The sorcerer of the kobolds looks back over his shoulder, turns back to you and says, Well, if you want to help, then help! And they all turn their backs to you and start to go back to going after the zombies and the drow. So... Oh, bless me. They're they're not going to immediately attack you. What would you guys like to do? I would like to cast a fireball right here in the middle of those fucking zombies. Okay, if you would like to cast it in the middle of the fucking zombies and not hit the kobolds again, which I'll say even without an insight check probably would be a good idea, you will have to move up to get a better line of sight out the door. Okay, I will do that. Okay. Uh, you move up as you have to kind of move around this half of a barrier that Joster Tealeaf had constructed that you guys put your thing behind. As you move up, you do notice that all of the kobolds that are arrayed around this door give you very wary looks. Like, and for a moment, they're looking at you and looking at their leader and looking outside, and all of it gets very uh, wary. While Jonathan is getting ready to cast his fireball, what are the rest of you doing? Uh, do we need to roll? Did we roll? Do we want to do initiative? rolled initiative just yet, because you guys are basically coming into this this fight, so I'm giving you a chance to at least position yourself and decide what you want to do. I would probably run to right outside the door to kind of also help block it up. Okay. And then I would want to look left and right. Okay, I'll say that you run forward so that you're just behind this sorcerer. You know that you're so large and it's a kobold. So getting around or over this thing would be no no big deal. Um, so I'll say you can run up to there and you can now kind of take a, a look around the battlefield. Bernie, what were you about to say? Uh, can I cast a spell? Is that... Um, I'm gonna say you can ready a spell. At this point, I'm kind of letting people move and kind of decide on some actions, and then we'll roll initiative. Uh, real quick, before, as I'm getting up there, are there any fallen kobolds that have dropped their shield? In this room? Wait, have you, you mage armored? I have. You okay. have. Let me look up, let me look up mage armor, because I know mage armor is not exactly armor. It's not quite the same thing. It's a little different. While I look that up, uh, Bernie, what, what exactly did you want to do? Um, I think I want to get back on Coco Snoot. Um, I want to lean- Coco Snoot, as you get on, go ahead and roll a, a perception check. Y'all, it's been a while. It's a- I know. Uh, 23. You notice that Coco Snoot looks not injured, but like he's been in a in a scrum like somewhere between leaving the pocket house and getting here you like did coco snoot have to attack something like he's a little sweatier than normal he's got like dirt and something in his claws and seems a little more amped up than you would expect having just joined this fight it's a little weird 
Uh, Bernie's gonna, like, lean down, and, like, not, well, obviously not very far down, because she's tiny, and kind of, like, get close to Coco Snoot's ear so, like, no one can hear, and, like, scratch, be kind of scratching behind the other one and be like, uh, when we totally live through this, which I am 100% confident that we are gonna do, uh, you're, you're gonna, we're gonna use some of that magic literally floating around everywhere, and you're gonna tell me what happened in apparently the last two and a half seconds? Yes? Coco Snoop kind of shifts nervously, like anxious, antsy. You're not quite sure what's going on, but yeah, he still is there in battle ready. All right, uh, Travancore, before I ask you what you're doing, uh, and Bernie jumps on Can I ready bless also? Is that a... Yeah, yeah. We'll roll initiative okay. and we'll, yeah, we'll and you just, can I'll just change your mind then. if you want to. But yeah. Jonathan, okay, so it does say it's it's basically ten plus your dexterity for mage armor. You can go grab one of the shields if you want, but not until it's your action to do so. There are like two or three dead kobold bodies in this room, all with those big tower shields that you remember seeing that they had. Okay. But you would have to move away from the door and go grab it and come back. Okay. Travancore, you've got a, a moment. What would you like to do? Um, I'm going to go ahead and move up behind uh, Carlton with the idea that as these kobolds move out, I'm going to hang out towards the back and let my uh, my lethal sharpshooting skills uh, pick people off from far away. Um, Shadow is going to follow me as well, like be right behind Jonathan to offer any kind of flanking support as needed. Okay, go ahead and roll a perception check. Okay. And while you're doing that, uh, what does Bucks want to do? Uh, Bucks is going to fly into the room. He's going to perch on my shoulder. He's going to hoot at me. He's going to hoot in a way I've never heard him hoot before. It's kind of a rhythmic hooting. I'm like, buddy, buddy, what's wrong? And then he stops and our eyes start flashing as if he's uh, sending me memories and images. And I see everything, including that. But he he like kind of fast forwards through stuff. But then he like hits the slow-mo during the chick uh, who was who was in the control booth who threatened Travancore. And so Jonathan the Magimuscular has no idea what's going on, has no context about this. So, Bucks, Bucks, calm down. Calm down, man. Um, let's... Uh, I, we'll get you an owl treat later? I don't know. We'll, we'll... We need to go. We need to do this. Focus up, buddy. Okay. And what did... Uh, Travancore, would you roll for your perception check? Soft 20. Shadow runs to be next to you? And seems to be super protective of you. He hasn't joined you in battle as much as he has joined you to protect you. And he seems antsy. And it's, it to your view, it's a little more antsy than he should be before a battle. Like, this, this, something is weird. But he seems okay. He looks okay. Like, you don't notice he's injured or anything, but he... Something's off with him. Huh. All right, buddy. Whatever it is, we can address it after we clear this room. Mm. And he, he once again, like, he doesn't actually move in front of you because Carlton's in front of you, but you get the sense that if Carlton wasn't there, he would bodily move in front of you. And with that, we can all roll initiative. Roll! Hey! Not too shabby. For, do you say, for someone who has zero initiative bonus, I did pretty good. Carlton, what'd you get? 11. Bernie, what'd you get? I got a... What did I fucking get? Everybody rolled after me, and now I get 17. Okay, and Bucks? Uh, Bucks got a 6. 
Oh, Box, you're you're faster than that. Come on, uh, Shadow. Box is shaken to the core at what just happened, Lauren. Come on. That that fair enough. Eleven. And Travancore. Twenty-two. So double Shadow Ooh. score. Nice. And Jonathan. Uh, nine. Uh, Jonathan is also shaken by Bucks's being shaken to the core, so that is understandable. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Travancore, as as you are momentarily distracted by Shadow's antsiness, you refocus on the battlefield, and you get to go first. From your perspective, directly in front of you, you see the two kobolds that were back-to-back, and you can see one zombie has moved up to engage with them. You have a clear line of sight on them. You know from your checks from before that there are zombies off to the right and drow off to the left, but they at this moment have cover from you because of the doorway and everybody in front of you. What would you like to do? Drow well, we- to the left of me, zombies to the right, and I'm <laughs> stuck in the middle <laughs> with you. With you. Nice. Sorry, I'm uh, so nope. sorry. No, that was awesome. Dude, I, I am all over that, that song reference. Um, <laughs> me too. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you do have the feeling that something ain't right. Yeah. Well, I had that. Yes, indeed. Um, with no chairs to sit down in, I'm gonna go after that one zombie in the interest of keeping our kobold truce uh, going. I'm gonna cast Hunter's Mark on him, and sure. uh, no, no flare bow charges yet. And I'm gonna actually declare this a sharpshooter shot. So, okay. I'm gonna take a negative five to the penalty, but I do have advantage on this. So, high roll is sixteen. Oh yes, that hits. Rad. All right, I get to add 10 to that damage then. It's going to do 23 damage. Oof! Sharpshooter is great! This zombie has just enough time to move up and try to whack this this cobalt before your arrow right through its brain and it dies. All right, Chavancore is done for now. All right. Bernie, you have mounted your antsy dog. What would you like to do? Uh, we're gonna, let's see. We're gonna first and foremost cast Bless. And we're gonna do a thing here that we've never done before. And we're gonna cast sure. it as a second level spell. What does that do? It allows me, so normally I can do three creatures, which is usually Carlton, Jonathan the Magic Muscular, uh, Travancore. Those are my three. I'm going to do it also on myself for the very first time because shit's about to get so real and I need that tiny, tiny little bump. So I'm going to mark off my second level spell. Everybody is going to add a D4 to their attack or saving throw every time they make one. And I'm pretty sure no one took, because I would have marked it. I don't think anybody took damage in our last battle. Nope. No, we kind of wiped the floor. That's or good, actually, though. We, wiped, we cleaned the garden. We, we, yeah, we mulched the fucking garden with them. That's good because uh, I'm not saying that we could all die today, but there's a high chance that we could. Also, just as like a thing to let you know, I have not used my channel divinity yet today, and I got some plans for that, and I need to do a little movement. I. Th- think because my channel divinity turn undead i have to be within a certain amount yeah right i believe so and you can look that up but we'll let's take care of bless and then you can work on that afterwards yeah i don't have to roll for bless i think it just happens i believe it just happens so yeah. uh, i feel you, blessed and did you want to also move yeah i want to move i just need to figure out how close i need to get to these fucking 
uh, turn on dead within 30 feet. So let me get our ruler out. Does it go around walls and stuff? Or do you have to have line of sight? Or well, like each undead that can see or hear you within 30 feet must make a wisdom saving throw. Yeah, so you are going to need to be I'm seen. Going, okay, so there's a doorway. I she Lauren drew us a picture, including doorways, and I just looked at those walls and went, those aren't walls, I'll just move. Okay, so I'm going to go get up with the rest of the party to get ready to come through that doorway, because that's what we're going to have to do. Yep, sure. That's what I'm going to do. It's probably not optimal, and I'm sure there's going to be some, like, weirdo acid spray that knocks us all through, but that's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. How are you? <laughs> Feeling Anything good. Else? Feeling great. How are you? Well, uh, look good, feel good. Uh, I guess. Why don't we? No, I think we're gonna we're gonna hold off on like bonus actions. We're gonna we're gonna let everyone else do their shit. All right. As Bernie on Coco Snoop moves up, it is the zombies' turn. They can't move very far, but there are a lot of them. And so you watch five, ten, fifteen. Oh, good. They're gonna get within thirty feet of me on their own. Yeah, they're not very smart, and they seemed to... So this room, the outer room that they're all in, you remember this room. It's got the large stairway down the middle cut into the floor. So it's it's a little hard for them to go straight across. 5, 10, 15, 20. And it seems like at the moment, 5, 10, 15, 20, they are all just heading straight for the the two cobalt that are in the middle of the room. Only one can actually make it to its prey, and it's going to roll a natural 20 on its attack. <gasps> oh, dear. Oh. So that's going to be... Unfortunately, it's only five damage, but it, it seems like it's a bad hit. This this cobalt, despite the heavier armor, despite everything, uh, reels a little bit. And uh, they are done. And then from the left side, you do see these drow. And there are three of them. All of them are backed up against some rocks that have fallen from what looks like the ceiling. They're mortared chunks of the ceiling that they've gone and hid behind. All of them have hand crossbows. And you see that they are actually shooting at the kobolds. So... One of them is going to hit one of the kobolds. Yeah, the one that just got slammed by the zombie is then also going to take a, a dart in the back. And you you actually hear it cry out. And you could swear that you see the impact from where it hit. Those of you who have a direct line of sight, it looks like it goes a little green. And this thing looks looks like it's unhappy. And then it is all the kobolds' turn. The leader, the one that has been casting these spells, is going to bark out some very quick orders. He's going to yell at the two that are out in the middle of this big giant fight. Uh, For those of you who understand Draconic, he's going to yell, Get inside! Get inside so we can fortify! So this one is going to get an attack of opportunity from this zombie... Uh, but the zombie's not going to be able to hit. So the two that are there are going to back all the way up. They're not going to be able to get into the doorway, but they like take up defensive positions in the doorway. The one that's in charge is going to, noticing Carlton, the giant half-orc that he is, run up, ready to fight. It is going to move out of the way and move back and start telling everybody to take up flanking positions. So 
basically all these big shield guys start to just uh, move on in and cover the doorway. And they're going to take defensive positions. And it is Shadow's turn. Huh. Shadow's not super eager to get out of there. And having experienced everything experienced, I can't imagine he'd want to leave Travancore's side. So he's going to stay put. and He's going to ready a bite in case anything gets through that door and tries to attack Travancore. That seems pretty smart. Uh, Carlton, you watch as the kobolds in front of you get out of your way very quickly. I crack my knuckles, my neck, all the bones, and I look at Jonathan. I look at Bernie. I'm like, you got the you got the zombs? Yeah? Yeah. You, um, ideally, yes. In a perfect world, if Bay is happy, I literally did just yell out, hail Tiamat. I think she's cool with that. Um, she was before. She knows it's a ruse. And, she knows um, it's a bit. She definitely knows it's a bit. That's totally a thing that she knows. Uh, so if you want to take care of those drow, because I'm going to side of our uh, elf friends over there. Yeah, you go go punch them like in the nuts. Uh, that I would think, be good. I think I could arrange that. And I'm still really pissed off that my garden got trampled, so I'm going to rage. And you see a spectral direwolf, a spectral uh, half orc man with two hand axes, and a half orc uh, spectral. A uh, druidic-looking uh, woman well, uh, appear b- by my side as I rush out into the fray. This is the role-playing flavor of your spectral guardians, right? Of your okay. Bernie <laughs> I'm like, looks what at all did this you just cast? And she says, "Well, fuck me, am I right? Like, what is this shit?" Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I'm going to start swinging with my halberd at this guy here. All right. So Carlton runs out and takes a sharp left and runs. You do notice uh, and. This is actually important for Drow. These three seem to be all females. Ah. Go ah. ahead and roll your attack. Uh, a 14 to hit? No, you are... You're still a little, like, distracted oh, by on. the I'm, horde I'm of zombies. Blessed. You're... I'm blessed. Hold on. You are blessed. Okay. Add that to beautiful d4. Uh, a 17. It still doesn't hit. You get closer. Oh, you, but wow. you just barely miss. Okay. As she nimbly She nimbly rolls out of the way. Well, all right. All right, Fuck then us. this next one yeah. will be uh, on my second attack. Can I make this one reckless then? Sure. God, I'm glad I gave you guys bless. And be sure to add bless uh, to that, too. Not gonna, I, I can't do it. It's not going to hit with even with bless. Yeah, oh. nope, miss. Yeah. Nah, you you slash in one direction and she dodges out of the way. Just you barely miss her. She then sees you prepare for the second attack and dips out of the way. And uh, anything else? Uh, I am good. All right, Jonathan, it is your turn again. You've got a clear line of sight on a whole bunch of the zombies, but you've lost sight of where uh, Carlton has gone off to the the drow side, as you would. Okay, uh, let's see what I can do here. All right. Get the drow, I got the zombies. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, well then... You, you hear Bernie shout as she rides up on Coco Snoot. Okay. <laughs> Bernie, like, in her low voice, she's like, get the drow... This is uh, good. As, he, as, he, as Jonathan runs through here, <laughs> he picks up a shield. So he's going to end up right outside the door on the uh, going towards the left side. So like here. Because there are no dead kobolds next to the door. You would have to run kind of out of your way and go back. But within 30 feet, you can run over. I'll say uh, as a bonus action, grab and equip this one of these big shields and then get out the door. Just barely out the door to the left. Okay. Um, but it will be your full movement and your bonus action to grab that shield. It's it's unwieldy. It's huge. 
So it's not a, it's not a normal shield. Well, it's going to give you your normal shield bonus, but it's for the the cobalt. They were considered tower shields. They're practically the height of a cobalt, so it's it's a little unwieldy to to grab. It's going to take up one of your hands to even hold this thing. Right, right, yeah, that's fine. Uh, and with my other hand, I'm going to do something I haven't done in a while. Yeah, let's do this. I was going to fireball, but Bernie says she's got these things, so I'm sure she does. Carlton. Yeah? You feel yourself going faster. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, yes. Ha, ha, ha. So you, my friend, have the haste spell on you. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Time to die. <laughs> All right, and to remind bitches. everybody, what does what does haste do? Uh, let me bring it up here. Uh, speed is doubled, two to my AC, and I get to take an extra action, which can be used for normal action things or a single attack. All right. Uh, anything? Well, then that's I think everything for you, that is everything Jonathan. For me. What does Bucks want to do? He's still perched on your shoulder. Uh, Bucks is gonna look at me very frustrated, and then he's gonna fly back into the room. Okay. And he's going to perch on Shadow's head and he's going to give Shadow a uh, shrug. Like he like an I'm trying shrug. All right. Uh Bucks is going to do that. Travancore, it's your turn. You watch as Bucks comes in, perches on top of your bear, and they share what you can only interpret as the most meaningful of glances that you cannot figure out. All right. I'm going to move up just uh in line with the four kobolds who are at the door, not coming into the cavern, but just so I can increase my line of sight so I can see anything out there. Um, am I in a point where I can see, like, the drow or the zombies or whatever by moving up? You can very clearly see about half the zombies. The other half still have a bit of cover from you. You, you could ease out and very clearly see the one drow that Carlton is fighting. You know the other two are over there, but you don't have direct line of sight on them at the moment. And I'm guessing Bernie has something um, that'll take care of a lot of the zombies. That's uh... Ideally, yes. All right. With that in mind, having I've heard that, uh, Travancore is going to move his Hunter's Mark as a bonus action to that first drow that Carlton's fighting. And he is going to, because these guys look bad, he's going to charge his flare bow. Sure. And I had blessed to that, so not that I'll need it, but uh, for the record, it's a 23. That definitely hits. You you almost curve your arrow around uh, Carlton. It slams into the body armor of this this drow. Okay, so we'll do our regular damage first. It's going to be, ooh, nice, 15 piercing plus 5 for the hunter's mark and flaming damage. It's going to do 4 flaming. Okay, so 24 total. Oof. Yeah, she reels. Carlton, while she was ducking and dodging your uh, your attacks, she did not see that arrow coming. And the both of you see her practically stumble as she takes all of this damage. Uh, anything else? No, nah, no, I'm done. Okay. Bernie, it is your turn. You can move through Travancore and, and get out if you would like. All right, I'm gonna move through Travancore. Okay. And then I'm going to try to head diagonally towards the horde of zombies. So kind of northeast, I guess, is what we're... So I'm like, but yep, they now have flanking on me. That's fine. It's fine. Because we are going to channel divinity and turn undead. Sweet. All right. What do, what do these zombies need to do to try to not be turned? Uh, They have to do a... Let me see. 
get turned. They're going to get destroyed because that's what I'm doing. I'm doing now. It's destroy undead. Yeah, uh, if they, they fail, can see or hear me within thirty feet. Let me check. Oh, that one's just thirty-five feet. So we're gonna have like one zombie. We have one yeah, zombie you, that lives. You get pretty much all of them except pretty the one. Pretty much all of them except that one, which I will personally bash with Kevin. They must make a wisdom saving throw. Wisdom. All right. Yeah, they're super not good at that. Let's see what happens. It's a my wisdom my my uh, spell save DC is eight plus wiz plus proficiency, which should be a sixteen at this point. Yeah, and they got a negative two to their wisdom, so yes. that's a fail. That one succeeds. So the, what the I started with the one that was with one of the ones that was flanking you. He failed. The other one succeeded, and then we'll go north of him. Then the one directly north to you succeeds. The next one over to the right. He succeeds. Whoa, the next one over to the right. He fails. He fails. One or five of them fail. One, two, three, four, five. And I believe with the, with what she's got, uh, they just are obliterated. Three of them succeed, and then one of them is not in the effect. What happens to the ones that fail? Let's the start ones with that them. fail are they a challenge rating of one or lower? Oh yes, they are immediately destroyed. Huzzah! Okay. So the ones that succeeded, they they just <sighs> at you, but they are not uh, turned or anything. But you did get a majority of them. That's okay, because as a bonus action, out comes Chester the Destroyer. What, All right, where's that to put it? Uh, Chester the Destroyer is going to get into flanking with me and this zombie that's right here to a little bit below me, a little bit to the Sure. Chester... Very interestingly enough, despite these not technically existing in our world, Chester looks like a shotgun. <laughs> a divine shotgun. <laughs> sure. A divine glowing shotgun. Bernie's not sure say, where this one came from. Bernie, roll me a history check. It is the bane of my personal existence that my the character that I play in Dungeons & Dragons mm. is not got any bonuses to history, but that's a 14. Okay. You create the shotgun like instinctively and as you look at it you have this moment of where did i pull that out from and you do remember reading about some newfangled weapons that uh use this weird black powder and they are very rare and you've heard that they're cumbersome and deadly travancore Wait. you recognize this weapon mm. you huh. know that they are rare and cumbersome and deadly and you're kind of surprised to see Bernie create it. You didn't think these were here in Faerun. Uh-oh. But in a Wild West font on the side engraved into the metal, it does say Chester the Destroyer. I just need to be very specific about that. I don't, I don't that. know if you would remember, but it, uh, a, a gnome that you ran into in Waterdeep that was looking for Billy a ship, Boom. Billy Boba Boom, had something similar strapped to his back. Nice. But he didn't show it off and you were a little busy right, at the time. Right. But Maybe yeah. that's where I saw right. it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Bernie, go ahead and make your attack on the zombie okay. with, with Chester the shotgun. <laughs> and you know what? It's like, I'm pretty sure that's going to hit. What'd you roll? A 25. Oh, yeah. But why not? Let's, so let's call you might it well even, fish a for nice the even 27. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. Absolutely. And I have, oh, I forgot. I do have the... Uh, I do have the... Yeah. Flanking. Oh, this is great. So, On the second time, I rolled a 27 <laughs> without the 
<laughs> it hits him very hard for yeah. whatever I shouldn't have this fucking memorized by now, y'all. Uh it is uh force damage if I hit equal to one D eight plus spell casting ability modifier. So that's one D eight. Roll plus that beautiful force damage. Ten. It hisses in pain as you shotgun it in the back, but it is still standing staring dead eyed at you. That's okay, I'll get you next time, boo. I'm pretty sure that's everything you can do, as that was a lot. That's physically everything she can do, aside from reaching down and patting Coco Snoot on the head gently. So the good news is that these zombies are zombies. They're dumb. They're undead. So they don't know how to flank. The bad news is uh, two of them are going to move up. The third, I don't think can reach you. Five, 10, 15. Nope. The other one continues to shamble in your direction as they now have fresh prey. And so three of them are going to try to attack you. That's fine. And so... That's fine. Everything's fine. Well, that's that's a natural one. So that fails miserably. That's not going to hit. I think that's a 13. 13 versus AC. That fails. Yep. All three of them fail. So you, uh, Coco Snoot, and you duck, dodge, and weave. Um, The one that rolled the natural one kinks off of your armor, and they are unable to do jack and or shit. Woo! The drow are up next. Carlton, the one that you came charging at, grins at you, pulls out a short sword, and is going to try to hit you with the short sword. Okay. And that's a 17 versus AC? Uh, thanks to the fact that I'm super fast now, because of Jonathan, my AC is 19. Ha ha! Okay. Ooh, ha! Ha! You can duck and dodge, I can duck and dodge. Ha ha! All right, the other two are going to stick with their hand crossbows, and they're going to try to shoot you. Uh, one is a 19 to hit. Ah, uh, that just matches. Ow. Okay. Uh, the other fails miserably. The one that's a little further back doesn't have really a clean line of sight on you, and so it fails. Um, so you're going to take a crossbow, and I need you to make a constitution saving throw. Okay, and I am blessed, so let me do those things. Con save uh, is a soft 20, but just to be safe, let's add that D4, so 21 total. Okay, so you do save, so you're going to take seven piercing damage as uh, it doesn't sink into you, it grazes you a little bit. You do feel the heat of whatever was on this crossbow bolt as it grazes you, but you are able to resist whatever effects it had. And one of my uh, my spectral father sticks out his hand next to kind of slow it down, so I am resistant to that piercing and it slows it down, so I only take half. Okay. And the kobolds are up next. The The ones with the shields are going to continue to be in kind of a, per, a protective flanking formation. The spellcaster is going to... Yeah, he's going to move up behind Travancore. Travancore, you hear him muttering arcane words under his breath. And... Jonathan, you watch as a rather familiar chromatic orb comes flying on out towards uh, one of the zombies. It seems to be this greenish dripping acid ball. And yeah, it it very clearly, um, the zombie that Bernie and her spiritual weapon have flanked, it slams into this thing and... Oh, yeah, 3d8. It is going to take some damage. Yeah, Bernie, you watch as the zombie that you had just shot with your shotgun disintegrates into an acidic puddle thanks to the um, the chromatic orb that this 
this creature shot out and then Travancore, it kind of, it had kind of like wormed its way past you a little bit and shot this little ball of acid out and then looks back again. And it's Shadow's turn. What would he like to do? Thank you. I'm guessing Shadow doesn't have enough movement to get to any of the bad guys. He's a 40, I believe. 10, 15, 20, Actually, he could get to, uh, right now he can only see the zombies. He could get next to the zombies next to Bernie. He can also get next to Carlton and I'll say because you can see the drow that Carlton is fighting, that Shadow, you could give him a verbal direction to go towards that drow. So he can actually, with 40 feet of movement, he can't get into flanking, but he can get there. All right, you know what? It's worth it. Like he's like, uh, she's taking a bit of damage, so maybe you shadow. I'm driving towards direct shadow to uh, to go go that way, and shadow is going to bite her. Sure. Ow. That's my biting sound effect. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> been a weird day. Ah. Uh, oh, like I, I, he's not blessed, so it's just a strap thirteen. Ah, uh, sadly, no. It uh, Shadow bounds on up to Carlton, but you can almost tell as he he follows your direction and runs out the door, but it's like he's got an eye on you, Travancore, the whole time, and he's reluctant to leave. So he seems to be a little distracted, and his, his bite goes wide. All right, yeah, he's done. All right, Carlton, you now got Bear Buddy next to you. Oh, hey, Bear Buddy. All right, then I will dance around to get myself flanking. Sure. And uh, start uh, swinging away at uh, old uh, dark uh, drow friend here. Let's call her Susan. I always <laughs> called her a dark elf, but then I was like, wait, they renamed them. I like Susan. Yeah. Susan's good. Susan. You're like, God damn it, Susan. You're <laughs> like, fuck, Susan. Uh, hey, guys. Hey, Susan, really? Uh, this is everybody, why we can't have nice everybody things, drink. Susan. Yeah. Because that's a natural 20. Yes. Woo! All right. Nice. Uh, I'm drink. So. Also, fuck you, Susan. Oh, Susan. We're going to... <laughs> let me re-roll one of them first. So close to a spit take. All right, so there's going to be a lot of dice rolls here. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you rolled a crit and you're a barbarian. We'll all sit here for the next five minutes as you and do math. I'm a half-orc. Do you need me to separate it? Uh, no. In this case, I don't. Okay. Uh, 28 on the first hit. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a hard hit, and she looks very hurt, but she is still standing. All right. Uh, well, guess what? I could do that twice. Uh, fifteen misses still, right? Nah, you put so much energy behind behind that oh, first hit. But you know what? I'm super fast today, so I'm gonna go a third time. Sure. Uh, that's going to be uh, I don't know what their AC is, so twenty three, twenty six to hit. That does hit. You connect again. All right, and that's going to do ba 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 twenty total. All right. Your first hit gashes her deep within her side. She manages to duck out of the way of your second hit, but the third hit, you just stab right into her heart and she falls over dead. Bye, Susan. Susan, we hardly knew ye. Susan has a case of the Mondays. Can we name the other one, Becky? We literally hardly knew ye. We just named you and now you dead. You did. But now I feel a little more deep because I named her. Your mother dead. I turn around and I face Edith. Edith. Edith is the next one. Jonathan. It's your turn. You have no direct line of sight on the two drow, but you know they're there, and you saw Carlton uh, drop the one that he was working on. Well, they're fast, little minxes. And Edith wears Christmas sweaters way before Christmas season. <laughs> Edith is the worst. She's got, like, a knit sweater with, like, spider patterns on it. <laughs> okay, Jonathan the Magic and Muscular is going to move uh, past Shadow uh, along the wall on the left. And we'll end up right here. Okay, so he you move basically just like 
10 feet away from Carlton. And, and you do now have a line of sight on the two drow. All right. Uh, let's put some scorching rays into, into Edith. Because that is the worst. The early, early dawning, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, holiday, whatever. You save it for the holidays. Come on. She always <laughs> tells you that she made the cookies she brought to the cookie swap, but you always find the same cookies on the sales section in the grocery store a day later. And she's been in charge of the party planning committee for like three years. Come on, give someone else a chance. And she know, never right? does a good job. Never. <laughs> A couscous themed party, really? We're all airing some really, some really bad coworkers. Does a twenty three hitter? It does. Okay, so uh, I'm assuming a twenty four hits as well. That does hit. Okay, so a couple, a couple of damages, a little bit of damages. It's better than no damage. Uh, seventeen damage. Yeah, Edith uh, looks down at her burnt sweater and gives you an angry look. Get bent, Edith. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. Allow me to pause the action for just a moment to give you, our loyal fans, a special gift. The wonderful folks behind Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms has given us a code for a free gold chest in their game. What's Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms? Well, it's an officially licensed D&D idle quicker game that you can download and play on your PC via Steam. I've been playing it for a while now, and trust me, it's loads of fun. I usually have it running while I'm editing the audio for our episode. So I'm really excited that we have this offer for our listeners. Gold chests contain five cards from uncommon to rare rarity and give you buffs and sometimes equipment for your champions. Now, this code expires at 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on February 4th, 2018. So you only have a week to redeem once this episode goes up. Open up your game, go to the shop, and type in this code. C-A-V-A-Y-E-L. K-H-I-N-S-T-Y-K-E. So use that code, and then let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. It's Bux's turn. Um, Bux is still technically on top of Shadow's head, but I'll I'll say you know where where would we like to stay on Shadow's no, head? No, he's he like to he gets an exasperated look, and he is going to fly onto Travancore's head and start scritching a little. Okay, Travancore Bucks comes flying over to you and lands on your head, and you think that maybe he's landing on your head just to stay out of way of your bow arm. Uh, but he does start to scratch your head, and it's it's kind of pleasant. It's Ooh. nice. Oh, it's nice. You, from where you are, you can see all three of the zombies, but you currently can't see the two drow. Once again, you know they're there, but you can't, you have no direct line of sight on them. Well, I'm thinking maybe zombie cleanup's the way to go. So, uh, the bonus action, I'm going to move my hunter's mark to the zombie, um, that's like diagonally from, from, from and flanking, or touching, or like near Bernie, I guess. Sure. And, uh, we're going to roll some dice. Uh, 17's when I hit a zombie, I'm thinking. Absolutely. Rad. All right, so we're going to roll that regular darnage. So, oh, nice. Max damage Ooh. of 16 uh, for the piercing, plus, oh, well, only one from the hunter's mark. But hey, that's 17. That's better than zero. That's a good amount of damage. Nice. That is, as yeah. the medieval people would say, a goodly amount of damage. 
it's actually enough. You do uh, notice that these zombies, some of them have taken some damage because you you showed up to this fight a little late. You were uh, fashionably late to this war, and this guy had uh, just enough damage beforehand that your arrow sinks into kind of its armpit in its side, and it <laughs> and falls over dead. Hmm. All right, Travis Core is feeling a little bit of swag, and he thinks about going in there, but then he thinks better of it and thinks, you know, I'm, I'm the I'm the range guy, I'm the arrow guy. I'm guessing them drow have some bows too, because I heard I thought I must have saw Carlin got hit with with uh, by what was her name again, Susan. Susan, Susan. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you saw them shooting at the the cobalts before that, so you all know that they've yeah. got some range weapons. So I'm I'm staying out of the, the range of fire until absolutely necessary. So Travancore's done. Sure, Bernie. You have a zombie drooling in your face. All right, Bernie's gonna move Chester around to be uh, in flanking with her and the zombie, and sure. she's actually gonna use a thing that she hasn't done in a while, which is make a melee attack with Kevin the Mace on this zombie because now that i'm a level eight uh my weapon attack does an extra 1d8 radiant damage nice nice and you do know that radiant damage is the bane of all zombies everywhere precisely and um that's not gonna hit well what is it that's a seven did you add your bless (gasps) oh thank you for reminding me of the thing that i remind everybody about because i never bless myself Hey, you know, it's what I'm here for. Sometimes I'm here to make your life miserable. Sometimes I'm here to remind you of shit. Does a nine hit? A nine hit. Nice. Nice. You almost miss this zombie. And like in the middle of your swing, you feel the guidance of Bay just kind of nudge you over a little bit. And it's a glancing blow, but you do hit the zombie. So three regular, two radiant damage. Two. Okay. Yeah, you graze the arm of this one zombie, and while the bludgeoning damage doesn't seem to do very much, the flash of radiant light that then erupts out of your mace as you basically slide down this zombie's arm with your mace burns this this thing. And it's still standing, but it's looking pretty hurt. All right, well, uh, now what we're going to do is uh, Chester's going to take care of this fool. All right. What? Oh, yeah, bless. Thank God for bless. (laughs) Oh, dear. It's too bad Kevin doesn't have a last name. Nine. A nine hits. Chester also got a nine. Chester can go ahead and fire at will. Ten damage. That's enough. This guy uh, reeling from your radiant damage gets a face full of force shotgun. Mm-hmm. I guess. Force yeah, shotgun. Yeah, because it's force damage. Uh, and it dies. And Bernie's gonna say, get the drow, I got this last fool. All right. Well, this last fool is going to shamble up to you and attempt to attack you. Is that a 16 to hit? Yes. That hits? Okay. We're All going right. to use... No, it's a 15. But uh, we're going to use the um, reaction from my Phoenix Shield. Okay. Let me roll the damage. All right, so you're only going to take four bludgeoning damage as a big, bloody, uh, meaty fist smacks you right in the face. And then your shield goes off. Yes, for 1d6 fire damage. So, five. All right, and it is is burnt, but uh, this guy, that seems to be the first damage it took. That's fine. The drow... I got plans for this fool. So the one, the one in the ugly loth sweater, <laughs> Edith, Edith, is going to hiss under her breath some arcane words and Jonathan. a ball of darkness erupts 
and uh, Carlton, Jonathan, and Shadow, you are all immediately surrounded by darkness and cannot see. And then... Shit, where'd y'all go? I don't know! Uh, can I make a swing at disadvantage? Because she was still within my reach when she left. Uh, sure. You can give it a try. You do hear the patter of feet as they retreat. That's not going to hit even with the bless, so. What'd you roll? Well, let me roll the bless then. At 11. No, sadly, 11 does not hit. It behind you and um, you guys are surrounded by darkness and you can hear the two of them moving away from you, but you don't see anything. All right. And then the kobold, it's going to poke its head around Travancore again, and it is going... Can it chromatic orb again? Yes, it can. It's going to chromatic orb this last zombie. It is going to hit, and yeah, even its minimum damage is going to take care of this thing. So, Bernie, you watch as, once again, an acidic ball slams into this zombie next to you, and it disintegrates into a pile of goo. At this point, none of you can see where the drow have gone. You know that they're around, but you don't see where they are. Let me ask, do you want to chase after them? Yes. If we can, I yeah. Don't necessarily because isn't our uh we never picked up our uh, our nut from the uh, from the pocket house, did we? Nope, it is still sitting so there. So Travancore is definitely not going anywhere because he's the last uh, guy in that well, room. Well, you also have range, so you can double back grab it. Or have like shadow or shadows already out, but you can double back, grab it, and even if you're behind us, you could still be effective at a range. You know, that's what I mean? true. That's true. Yeah, I've got some range. Ignoring the long distance penalty. At the risk of being in a room all alone with these uh, kobolds after the enemy is passed, he's yeah, have but you to do can that. you can talk their language. It's true. It I doesn't would mean say like me. Travancore needs to immediately get that nut. <laughs> yeah, get that nut. That's right. Get that nut. Travancore. I'm okay with that phrasing. It's perfectly get fine. Get that nut. Get that nut, Travancore. <laughs> get, get that nut. Get that nut. All right, so you guys take, I'll say, like, three seconds and, like, yell this out to each other, so we'll stay in initiative. Uh, It's Shadow's turn. Shadow currently cannot see because he is uh, surrounded by magical darkness. Can Shadow do a smell check to figure out the way back to Travancore to head back into the room? Yeah, I'll say giving a good sniff, even without rolling and just his situational awareness, he would know to back towards you so yeah and he would only move 10 feet backwards towards you before he would then pierce kind of the edge of this darkness and be able to see again shadow's going to use the rest of his movement to get into the room back with travancore oh yeah then he will move and he will move next to you and just kind of glare at everybody uh carlton you are currently standing in darkness i would like to run out of said darkness in the direction that i knew the drow were Okay, go ahead and roll a perception check at disadvantage. All right, seven. Okay, uh, what's your speed? 40. Okay, you... you oh, actually, no, the, sorry, the vague... it's 80 because I'm hasted. Okay, uh, but is that double moving or is that... No, it's uh, my normal speed is uh, 40, but haste doubles that, so it's 80 without dashing. Okay, you move five feet and encounter the wall, Oof. and then you're like... Oh, wait, okay, I remember, I remember, remember, and you go, so it's 5, 10, 15, 20, and you go 25 feet around the wall, and you get out of the darkness. Okay, and then I want to keep running forward where, do I see them down the ways? No, at the moment, you do not. All right, uh, so that was 25 total, right? That was 25 total. All right, 30, 35, 40, 
45, 50, 55, 60, 65, 70, 75, 80. Can I see them from there? Roll a perception check. Uh, perception. Uh, soft 20. No, you don't see them, but you still hear them moving to your north somewhere. All right. Uh, with the haste action, then, I'm going to dash. So that's another 80. Five. Okay. 10. Uh, basically, at this point, if you go another 10, 15 feet forward, you're going to start to hit the, the back wall again. And this is the part of that big area where uh, you originally came in from. There's the door that you broke through that goes to that room that has like the destroyed library in it. Okay. And do I see them? No. Do I still hear them? No. Can I search for them? Do you still have an action? Oh, yeah. I've only used my hasted action. I haven't used my full action yet. Okay. Go ahead and roll an investigation check. Ugh. Well, you're searching. 16? You don't hear anyone, but you know that they came in this direction. All right. But the stone floor, it doesn't give very much away. And you do notice that the doorway on this end is partially open, but you do think that you would hear somebody if they went through the door. Okay. I will then just... uh. Get ready for if anybody shows up to... Oh, was that investigation my action? Yes. Okay, then I cannot ready an action. All right. Jonathan, you are in magical darkness. I run... Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to run northeast. Roll a perception check. You're trying to remember which way to go to go in the direction you want without being able to see. I think I always know where north is. Oh, that let me double check Keen Mind. I might always know where North is. Uh, characters, feats, official. Thank you once again to Wizards of the Coast for for providing uh, D&D Beyond. It is, it's quite a useful tool. I like your NPR voice. Thank you, Wizards of the Coast. Do, 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 this- do, 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 do. <laughs> yes. Uh, I always know which way North is. Okay. Do you want to move North? Yes. Okay, you move ten feet and you encounter a rock. I I, I dance around the walk, the rock. I like I like handsy around it and then keep going north. Okay, uh, twenty five feet total later, and you get out of the magical cool. darkness. And I look around. Do I see any draw? Uh, roll a perception check. Uh, that's going to be a uh, fourteen. You do not see any drow. You see that Carlton has very quickly sprinted way far north, but no drow. Bernie, Bernie. <laughs> Bernie seems to be preoccupied with cleaning off Kevin. Uh, we lost him. Lost the drow. Anything else? No. He's going to kind of secure his shield. Uh, as you uh, fiddle with your shield a little bit, Bucks is it's Bucks's turn. He is still sitting on top of Travancore's head, scritching away. Uh, he is going to briefly fly in front of Travancore's face, and he's going to Kind of like, like it insist, but uh, he can't communicate with Travancore the same way that uh, he can travel. He can communicate with John the Magic Muscular, and in his frustration, he finally realizes that. You see a, de- a slightly dejected owl land on your shoulder, mm. and uh, Travancore from next to you and kind of behind you, where Shadow has moved. You hear Shadow huff in what you think might be exasperation. And you are now kind of surrounded by two animal companions who both seem super frustrated 
and it is your turn. <laughs> hmm. Well, seeing the danger pass, but realizing this might be his only opportunity, um, Travancore is going to use his uh, his bonus action to dash. He's actually going to run back, grab the uh, use his action, I guess, to to grab the uh, the the nut or the the nut or whatever it is we call it. It leads to pocket dimension, and then run back out of the room. Do you remember how long it takes to retrieve the nut and get rid of the teleportation circle? I'm guessing it takes longer than a turn, but I don't know for uh, sure. Double check. Well, double check that. I mean, you would start this turn. Definitely double check. I do remember it takes 10 minutes to put it down. It might only be an action to pick it up, but why don't you go ahead and double check that? Sure. Uh, Bernie, it's your turn while while Travancore is double checking that, and we'll, we'll go back to him in a second. Bernie... Uh, you finish killing the last zombie. You you look around and while you see the kobold still back in the room and you watch as Carlton, like, Roadrunner runs way north, you don't see any drow. Not seeing any drow, Bernie's going to know that the nut is still in there and that currently, if shit goes sour, it's just Travancore and the, the very squishy bear. So she is going to go back in the room. Okay. Yeah, you can easily move back in the room. Uh, let's see, 5, 10, 15, 20, 20. Yeah, I mean, you can basically, if all you're doing is moving, you can get anywhere that you would like. Uh, Travancore, what'd you find? Obsidian nut. Here we go. Wondrous item. Pitch black nut, about two inches in diameter. One thing's a Christian celestial and two tra- transport. Uh, placed on ground in a five-minute concentration ritual. Uh, nuts in teleportation circle. That connects, uh, teleportation circle remains open for 24 hours. Anyone steps in the concentrates for a few seconds of transport back and forth. After 24 hours, automatic collapses, turns back the nut, or can be closed within a, with a one-minute ritual. So only take a minute to do. Okay. And Bernie is going to, while he does the ritual, offer a distraction. Okay. Uh, so let me ask at this point... Carlton and Jonathan, were you going to continue to charge off towards where the drow went, or did you want to do something else? Uh, 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 my mind is on drow. Uh, I can't see either Carlton or the drow, so Jonathan, the Magimuscular, is going to be like, huh, well, at least he can run back fast and uh, and kind of regroup with everyone else. Okay. We'll stay in a loose-ish initiative, uh, so Jonathan will say that you come on back. Travancore, you're taking the next 60 seconds to retrieve the nut. The kobold themselves are starting to relax a little bit now that the drow and the zombies all seem to be dead or gone, and they all seem to be gathering up around the the one that was casting the spells, talking quietly amongst themselves. And those of you who understand Draconic, you basically hear them all going, well, what do we do now? What do we do? We can't, should we stay here? What? Like they seem, they seem as concerned, confused about what to do with you guys as you are with them. Uh, Carlton, what would you like to do next? All right. Uh, using my normal movement, I want to move another... Up to 80 till I can get see if I find eyeline on these drow. Okay, which way would you like to go? I heard that the last I heard they were coming from the north. And so I want to continue heading that direction. Okay, uh, 20 feet to the north of you is the wall. And that wall is the wall that then to your uh, east, about 30, 40 feet away, is the destroyed doorway into the next room. All right, I'm going to go peek my head around that doorway then. Okay, you get to the doorway. As I said before, you you can see from the destruction that you you had actually caused a couple of days ago of this doorway. It, do you think it would be pretty? What it, was, you, it wasn't is... me. It wasn't me. It was somebody else. <laughs> That's not, this, we don't need to bring that up. I don't want to be. I don't want to be on the hook for property damage. <laughs> 
hey, listen, I'm just telling you what you already know. This is just the voice in your head being super proud at the destruction of the door. And that's me going to uh, my voice. Shh. If I don't remember, <laughs> it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, whoever destroyed this door, someone had taken the, the pin out of the... The, the top part holding the door on and the bottom is just kind of jammed. And you think it would be really hard for anyone to get through this door quietly, but you go ahead and run to the door and poke your head into the other room. Go ahead and make a perception check. 21. You don't see anybody in the other room. Mm. Uh, I yell out, we just want to talk in common. We just want to talk. We just want to talk. We just it kind of echoes kind of behind you in the big cavernous space behind you. And then I no response. Back, and I'm like, and I look around and I look, I look, I look to the left. Right? I'm like, oh shit, I'm by myself. As you my are. ancestors start to fade away because I haven't hit anything in a turn. And I'm like, no, I'm really by myself. But, uh, and so I will then use my haste action to go 80 feet back plus my regular action to get me pretty much back to like the midway point. Okay. Basically just like, all right, I don't see anything. <laughs> I don't want to be alone! You very quickly uh, run d- Roadrunner style halfway back across the room, your spiritual guardians around you starting to fade, but the, the speed of your haste still going. As he comes back, we'll, we'll leave initiative, and the, the kobolds are all standing around warily. Travancore, you're finishing up pulling the nut out. Bernie, Jonathan, you can see that there's antsiness. And they're still talking amongst themselves, but it's not hostile. It's it's wary and confused. And do we should we stay here? Should we just leave? It's a lot of that. Hi, that that was a great battle, right? You did the thing with the chromatic orb. That was really cool. And I did the thing with the destroy undead. And like, we're about the same height, which is kind of nice. Because let me tell you what, you get a crick in your neck when you're always like, Ooh, hey, what's up, friend? I used to ride on top of a basket on top of the big muscly one that ran off into the dark, which probably can't be good. But for some reason, we're all just letting him do it. You know, children have to grow up and make their own choices eventually. And you got to let them make their own mistakes so that they can grow and learn as human beings but um so we're you guys you guys um you want to go to like cc's and like get some pizza because it's been a good game and or maybe we go our way you go your way and everything's just fine and dandy how you doing i'm bernie let me just say on a personal note that makes me so mad because CC's is naturally av- nationally advertised, but there are none locally. Oh, <laughs> you're not missing much. <laughs> <laughs> well, I-, I would make you roll a Constitution check to be able to say all that in one breath, but you just did it, so yeah, I guess I, I won't. You you rattle all this off, and the room grows silent as all the murmuring in the room stops and you are now being stared at by one, two, three, four, five, six, seven pairs of cobalt eyes, some in confusion, some obviously don't understand what you're saying. Many of them obviously just they cock their heads almost dog-like and just blank faces. But the one that was the 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 sorcerer of the group looks at you and after a very long pause of what seems to be considering your words says, I think it's best we just leave. And when asked, you were not here and we were not here. 
I like, you know what? I think that's a great plan. I got some orange slices back at the end because they say that you should really replenish like your vitamin C and stuff like that after some exercise. And this was about as strenuous as a soccer game. Um, I don't know. <laughs> if, you, if you guys do the whole like snacks, I like snacks. How about you get snacks and celebrate and claim that the win was entirely yours, and we get snacks and celebrate, and claim that the win is entirely ours, and nobody knows any different. Uh, as Jonathan the Magimuscular is coming back, uh, he's kind of dusting himself off. He looks at them all, and he's not going to say anything. He's just going to unstrap the shield and offer it back. Uh, one of the shield bearers takes it like goes to take it and then pauses and then gingerly like everybody's being very cautious and wary about this this truce you've got going on like there's more of them but they can see how powerful you are so it it eventually takes the shield but it's it's like the one that you had in your pocket house it's being very cautious and careful about its movements but it does take it and you do notice now that there seems to be this little bit of a truce and everybody is going to be okay that the other kobolds are moving to fallen companions, taking their shields, taking their weapons, rummaging through a few packs and taking a few things, um, kind of gathering up their supplies. And Carlton, as you are returning, you see that the, the shield bearers are starting to file out of this room. My friends! They give you a wide berth. As wide as they can possibly do. Good game. As all of the shield bearers leave, the the last one to go is this this sorcerer. It gives you all a very cordial head nod and says, Because you've helped, I will warn you, do not go deeper. Our master owns those lands. And then it backs away. And unless anybody does anything, the group of them are going to go down the stone stairs down to the lower level. Oh, that's fine by me. <laughs> yeah. And Travancore, at this point, you're very, you're you're finally done and you've collapsed the teleportation circle and grabbed the nut. Okay. And what would you like to do? I'm thinking I just cast past that trace unless we head up to the surface as soon as possible. I second that plan. Yeah, um, things kind of yeah. went sideways, so we got lucky. I gotta get a tattoo. Yeah. Same. All right, you cast pass without a trace. I would love stealth checks from everybody. That's a plus 10 on our stealth, right? It is. Correct. Yes. Because yes. so, I so oh no, don't four bucks. have any <laughs> pluses to stealth other than the what you just gave me. So this could end well. It could end poorly. All right. Uh, Travancore and Shadow. 33 for Travancore, 24 for Shadow. And Bucks and Jonathan. So Jonathan the Magimuscular got a 28, and then Bucks got a 21. Okay, and Carlton? Uh, that's a 30. And Carlton, I need you to roll a perception check, and uh, Bernie and Coco Snoot. That would be a 15 total. Okay, yeah, you guys start to file out of the- Like, you give the kobolds, like, a minute or two, so that they're out of sight- uh, Travancore casts past without a trace and you all start to leave and you're all doing an excellent job of being super quiet. Carlton, what was your perception check? 24. Uh, as you are, so you, you were kind of standing by the doorways. Everybody is filing out. You're kind of keeping a wary eye. You're still looking for these drow. You know, they're, they've got to be somewhere, right? Yeah. You hear a very familiar whine 
is the mm-hmm. wine of your pack. Ooh. It's coming from inside the room. Uh, I will make, uh, I will run myself into that room and I'll go, and I start going, Aah! What are you doing? What is the- totally ruining your stealth. Yeah, it was a nice <laughs> stealthy thing we had going for a while. As you enter the room, uh, you hone in on the whining seems to be coming from behind the the stack of barrels and boxes that had uh, been put up by Joster Tealeaf. Uh, you circle around, and at first you don't see anything. You just, you know, Travancore had been there, grabbed the nut and left. And you come around, and you don't see anything. And then you hear a whining from behind you. And nestled into a corner kind of between a barrel and this broken box you see a small puppy <gasps> it is an all white dire wolf puppy with blue eyes wait bucks flies over to shadow to coco snoot looks down and it's like and like cocks an eye and it's like like looks looks at the puppy looks at coco snoot confused looks at the puppy again and again, gives his patented owl shrug. <laughs> and Jonathan uh, Bucks would relay unto you that in the flurry of information that it's been that he's been trying to convey about what had happened to everybody in the tel- in the the time from leaving your pocket house to coming here, that they had this weird adventure. And yeah, that's blue. It's not the adult blue though. The blue was a a big scary direwolf adult. This seems to be a a kind of cute puppy blue. Oh, and and Jonathan the Magic Muscular is like super tired, super. It it's it, this day just started and he's done. He's so fucking done, and he's like, I'm getting, ugh, okay, um, what the hell happened to you guys? And and I, as he says that, he looks at the animals and is like, all right, y'all, um. Something happened to our critters. They met that wolf, and as soon as he says that wolf, uh, he start uh, like normally they're images. He just sends images of blue, like the color blue, just blue, blue. Okay, okay, okay. I think it's called blue. Travancore, you notice that Shadow, up until this point, has not left your side unless to, to go and attack something. And as you were leaving, Shadow pressed up next to you. Shadow now comes around and sniffs this puppy and goes, <laughs> and gives you a very, like, confused look and then licks the puppy. Who's your friend, Shadow? <laughs> And Bernie, you could swear that Coco Snoot is trying to do the same thing. Like it's, uh, he is staying still because he, you haven't given him direction to move, and you're on top of him. But you can you can sense his butt because he's a mastiff. He doesn't have a tail. He just has like a butt. Like a stub. You can sense his butt. Yeah, like a little tiny stub. Like his he's doing his best to not shake you off, but his butt is wagging a little bit. Uh. Bernie's gonna say decorum, Coco Snoot, decorum, um, and uh, she is then gonna like basically kind of like dig in a dig in a little heel and a signal that like if Coco Snoot wants to go over to this dog, this puppy is Coco Coco Snoot's. It's a direwolf puppy, but it's still a puppy size, right? 
It is it is puppy puppy. So I it, guess you could you could hold this puppy in both of your hands. This seems to be an incredibly young puppy. You could hold it. So knowing knowing that Coco Snoot has the like fucking like all business no bullshit personality, Coco Snoot is going to go over with Bernie like being like, all right, what is this? Uh, pick up the wolf. Pick up wolf by its uh. Uh, scruff of its neck and then depo- go over and deposit it to uh, to Carlton. Like, basically in Carlton's hands, fulfilling okay. fulfilling Coco Snoot's promise to Blue. <laughs> uh, yeah, Carlton, just as you were about to reach down and scoop up this, this puppy that seems kind of familiar to you, but, but it's a dire wolf, so maybe they all look familiar? You're not sure? Uh, Bernie comes trotting on over, scoops up this puppy. The puppy squirms and starts to yip in frustration, you think? And like, ah, you know, and that put me down, put me down, put me down. And then Bernie <laughs> deposits the puppy into your big meaty paws. Uh, and it stops yipping and it starts to uh, scratch at you, like playfully, and then lick lick your, your thumb. Like it's bu- doing that puppy thing where it's biting and licking and biting and licking. Scrappy D has joined your party. With a 15 insight, like, looking into its eyes, do I sense that this is my brother Blue, but, like, in some weird younger form? With a 15, did Blue have a puppy? But I definitely sense that familiar pack, all that stuff, right? It, yeah, like, it responded to your pack howl. So, you... Baby Blue! <gasps> without some more information, you... The closest you can come is that Blue had a puppy, and somehow the puppy is here. What, I hold him on my face and I start licking his face. From very uh, comforting, familiar hair up all up in your tongue, and then I open up the bag of holding and while holding <laughs> no, with one hand, no, and 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 I go Bernie basket, and I reach in for the old Bernie basket, <gasps> and I like kind of refashion it so I can put blue in it and put them on my back. Okay, the Bernie basket ha- had holes because it had holes for Bernie's feet. So what would what are you going to use to like? All right, keep and I realize that I went, from and I, I realize I'm wearing pants, and I go loincloth. Actually. You're wearing shorts. I'm wearing you shorts. Cut off, yeah, you cut off your pants. <laughs> Old pant legs. There you go. <laughs> I grab the, the cut off pant legs from the bag. He is, I, I like totally to believe that you would put those in the bag of holding too. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. And I will say, yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, and, and you know what? Even if it didn't, you've got enough blankets from yeah. before. I think you have like 30 blankets that maybe you'd have to grab a blanket or two, but you yeah, can pad I, I the bottom like of this enough. Accoutrement from the bag of holding and I stuff the, bag, the pad up the birdie holes. Okay. And that way I make a little, like, uh, puppy bed for Blue to carry him on my back. Jonathan the Match Muscular yeah. goes up to the puppy and looks at it and looks back at Bucks. And Bucks is, like, like twitching just, like, really expectantly and just keeps sending flashes of Blue. And, and Jonathan says, he looks at the puppy. I'm like, Carlton, Bucks seems to think that this is blue. Hmm. Well, very he's interesting. too young to be blue, so it's either my brother or my nephew. I'm not sure. But he's definitely family. Right. We'll look into this more. Jonathan, roll an arcana check. As Bucks continues to not only give you flashes of this dire wolf, this adult dire wolf, and like looking and comparing to the puppy, but also gives you basically the last few moments before they left this facility they were in, like showing you what had happened. What'd you roll? Uh, 19. You know that the only other time you have been 
pulled out of a teleportation from one circle to another was by a godlike being. And she seemed to have a very fine and accurate way of doing that to the point of like being able to circumvent time and space. And you have no idea how that would be possible. And everything you know about teleportation says that all kinds of weird shit can go wrong if you tried to do what it seems like Bucks's new friends were trying to do. So, Carlton? Yeah. Um, Bucks is giving me images of of a full-grown wolf. Full-grown white wolf with stark blue eyes. Just, like, piercing blue eyes. And it seems like something may have happened on their trip back. Uh, when When whoever sent them back tried to compress time so that no time passed between when we stepped in and when the animals stepped in, when they went off on their adventure and then we, we all got back together. I think they fucked that up. And I look at Blue and I go, yip once if you're my brother, yip twice if you're my nephew. And you hear the little the little puppy, which had been circling the basket, smelling everything, trying to dig into the, the pants, trying to dig through the blanket, trying to gnaw on the side of the basket, is currently in the process of raising its leg to mark this basket as theirs. As it starts to pee, it looks up at you and goes, yep. Huh. And then you all hear, psss. <laughs> Aw, he's making a home. Yeah, we're gonna... Bucks, I'm going to have to spend some time with Bucks to kind of digest what happened. This is not all, it's pretty, parts of it are pretty confusing. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I may have more later. Yeah, but for now, I think we're, we're better off heading out of here as soon as possible. Yeah, you got a date. Yeah, we all do. <laughs> all right, you guys are going to um, pass without a trace, head back? Yes. yes. Okay. I will take your stealth checks from before, uh, but I do now need... Well, I'll just roll it, because your your dire wolf needs to roll a stealth check. Bernie, Bernie. What? That'd be a 19. Oh, can, I, can I borrow one of Coco Snitch treats? <sighs> borrow? Shh. Yeah. I hear it say to the voice in my head. That's not how treats work. That's not how... Look... He's just a puppy. That's not how treats work, Carlton. Can I can I have a treat then? Bernie um is going to pull a treat out of her bag and hand it to Carlton, and then she's going to pull a second treat out of her bag and lean over and give it to Coco Snoot and say, "I am sorry in advance," and uh give him the treat. Okay. Uh yeah, Coco Snoot is incredibly because Coco Snoot is on duty. He takes the treat, but it is the most efficient movement uh, that he possibly could in order to eat this thing, and he is super quiet. Carlton, are you giving the treat to Blue? Oh, yeah. Blue immediately starts to play with this little morsel of food, uh, yeah, and starts to, like, throw it up into the air, kind of like a cat, like, throw it and play with it, and then... And, like, dig into this thing. And as you guys are uh, still creeping back towards the entranceway to this place. Oh. Shh. I I kind of lean in towards the basket and be like, hush, puppy. Duh. Roll an animal handling check. Oh, cool. I know you're not physically handling, but like, you're trying to convince this puppy He's to be quiet. He's whispering. I am the Beastmaster. 
You are the beast well, master. Not mastering that much <laughs> of that roll. Um, so that's, what's your roll? It's a seven. That is a natural one. Yes, it is. So you shh. The puppy looks up at you and goes, <laughs> kind of that way huskies do when they're talking to you and it starts to, to argue with you. Uh, Shadow comes padding on over, stands up on his hind legs, and on his hind legs, you, you don't see Shadow do this this often, but as in a, a young adult bear. He's as easily as tall as Carlton, if not taller. Stands up on his hind legs, and I'd like you to roll an animal handling check for... Sh- Actually, I want you to roll persuasion check for Shadow. How charismatic is my bear? Ooh, not very. Uh, this should be interesting. Uh, 11. Uh, Shadow pokes his head into the basket and goes... <laughs> and the puppy looks up at Shadow, and they share uh, like eye contact for a second, and then... <laughs> And it just finishes the treat and then just kind of curls up in the basket. And Shadow, he like he hasn't even touched Carlton or the basket. He's just stood up on his hind legs and looked in. He goes back down on all fours, looks at you, Travancore. He could swear he nods at you. And then he's going to take point with you again. You guys continue the long trek back through these halls that you've now been through a couple of times. As you are approaching the big doors that led into this complex that you would normally go out and go back up to the Bloody Fist, you come around the corner and there's someone or something at the door. Uh. Like you hear, you hear someone there and you can see a figure kind of in torchlight there. Can I percept who that might be based on... Dark vision and all that fancy detective war stuff. Sure. All right. And also, you you're kind of at the front of this group, so rad. Well, thirteen. It's just one figure, and she is currently cleaning her daggers on the the remains of what's now obviously a dead zombie. And as she looks up and looks down the hallway and locks eyes with you, Travancore, Olivia Passerac says, "Well, you're a little late, aren't you?" We were unavoidably delayed. <laughs> I guess I'll say that later. No, I, I like it. We'll end it there after you say that. And next time, you'll have a little chat with Olivia Pasharak, who seems to have followed you down into the tunnels under the bloody fist. Hmm. But let me give she you some came experience. for you! That's a good sign! For... Yeah. That she followed you down? <laughs> all right. For all the stuff that you killed for convincing the Cobalts that you were really on their side with a couple of of very good roles and a few smart maneuvers. For Edith and Susan. (laughs) Poor Susan. Uh, We never got to meet Patricia. You did not meet Patricia. No, she she managed to get away. And for, for meeting Blue and having some interesting discussions with your animal companions, I'm going to give you guys a total of 1,600 experience to split between the lot of it's you. It's divisible by four! Even You're welcome. Sometimes each. I'm a just and kind DM. So that'd be 36, 9, 27 each? That's yes, what I got. that's what I got. Next time, I guess you'll have a chat with Olivia Passerac on the morning of the Feast of the Moon here in the tunnels under the bloody fist. It's like everything is coming together! Ah! Thanks for listening to our adventure. Follow us on Twitter at Dungeon Drunks. Or find us online at www.dungeondrunks.com. And see you next encounter. <laughs>